Thank you. Right. Are you suggesting that someone's trying to make a real-life sequel? Stab 2? Who'd want to do that? Sequels suck. Two in the box! Ready to go! We be fast and they be slow! Wow! A second Super Saiyan? Second in order, perhaps, but by no means in stature. Your fight is with me now. I'll have my revenge and Deathstalker, too. Man, I can't fucking believe this. Another basement, another elevator. How can the same shit happen to the same guy twice? Oh, please, please. By definition alone, there are inferior films. What is it about treasure that makes history so fascinating? Benjamin Gates has spent a lifetime hunting treasures that have been lost to history. Take a look at this. But when a secret from the past is uncovered... Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you one of the missing pages from the diary of John Wilkes Booth. History will be rewritten. It's the names of the Lincoln conspirators. Thomas Gates. Your great-great-granddaddy planned the assassination. It can't be. We cannot have him remembered as a conspirator in the assassination of the man who brought this nation together. Now... I need to see the page. We have 30 seconds to disable the alarm. Go. You did that in 15 seconds. That's why I tell people to get a dog. His search to clear his family's name. Take a look at this. It's a cipher. Clever. Has uncovered a secret he never expected to find. There is a book, and it has the information you need. The President's Book of Secrets. A collection of documents for President's eyes only. The truth behind the JFK conspiracy. The missing minutes from the Watergate tapes. And of course, Area 51. It contains all of our nation's secrets. I need to see the President's book. The only way you'll ever see that book is if you get elected president. I'm gonna kidnap him. I'm gonna kidnap the President of the United States. Wouldn't it just been easier for us to make an appointment? Code one, code one! Gates. Don't kid yourself what we're capable of. Every clue leads one step closer. A letter sent by the Queen. You're in danger. You've got to find wherever that leads before they do. To unlocking the mystery. The world isn't ready to believe. Ben, wait. That could be a horrible trap. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't resist. <sighs> National Treasure Book of Secrets. Oh, look, my tax dollars at work coming to arrest me. Oh, hey again, everyone. Welcome back to Inside the Sequel. You know what this is, that podcast where we talk about sequel movies that don't get enough love or attention. Uh, we talk about them, we bring them on with guests, and we justify why you need to check these movies out again or bring them to light. Uh, and then that way you can stand it on Twitter. Uh, my name is Chris. I'm your host as always. And today we are talking about a Disney sequel. And anybody who knows me, I know with Disney and I, we kind of butt heads. Um, like literally the company and I always butt heads all the time or beefing. But uh, we are talking about the 2007 sequel, National Treasure 2. And to have so, the, my guest for today is I, I had to have someone who loves the, the company, loves like these, this, has a nostalgia for these movies. And I was like, who do I know that has that kind of one that knowledge to that like enthusiasm to like keep up with my apathy for the company and it's i had to bring up my boy chris Bowie, who is from film stock a very very successful youtube channel that people need to be checking out 
Uh, Chris, how are you, man? I'm doing damn good. And I'm happy to talk about <laughs> Two, well, I guess one piece of true cinema here. I'm a National Treasure mega fan, I consider myself. I've been scouring the internet for years, tweeting, bring back, not not a hashtag release the Snyder Cut, hashtag release National Treasure 3. So that's what <laughs> I got going for me. I think we're actually going to get it, which excites me. But yeah, I'm ready to talk about this movie. I have vivid memories of seeing it in theaters at the age of seven. So... And yeah. I'm pretty sure there's a YouTube video of you somewhere like giving conspiracy videos on like what National Treasure 3 is going to be before you got greenlit <laughs> as well. Like you're basically there, the screenwriter. Maybe in the dark, yeah. The dark, uh, I used to, no lie, I used to go to this one website called, it was like Screen Rant back in the day. And I would look through and there was different plot like leaks for what it could be. And it was like the Roanoke Colony. <laughs> there was one that was like the Fountain of Youth. And I was like, we're going to get this movie. This was like in 2010 and we're in 2022 almost. And we yeah. still have not gotten a movie yet. So yeah. this movie is 2007, which feels like so long ago. <laughs> Insanity. Yeah. But that's a good thing about the thing I will say about Disney Plus. Like I was so anti Disney Plus when it was coming out and it after its first year. And, you know, I bum off my friends' Disney Plus account. And uh, I got to admit, there's some really good stuff on there. And the fact that it exists greenlights so many, like, properties and works now. No, yeah, I think they're making a TV show called National Treasure, but it's, like, not going to have Nick Cage in it. And I think they're going to make a third, possibly fourth film, which if they do, like, I'll be there opening night. And I'll probably have to order, like, a National Treasure shirt. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Who would have thought like the most difficult, difficult part about getting a national treasure three is to actually get Nick Cage to do work. Like that guy does like so <laughs> many things a year and he can't get it to do national treasure three. Dude, he's making a movie about himself. I just saw the trailers today where he's literally playing himself in a movie and it's called like the unbearable, like of having such massive talent, like the burden, like it sounds like a pretentious title for a movie, but it's Nick Cage being Nick Cage. <laughs> Dude, he's like, he went from like being like such a mega star and then becoming like mediocrity and being a guarantee nominee every year for the Razzies with like straight <laughs> to DVD movies. And then now he's doing like a two, four ask movies now. Like Dude, it's pig. such a crazy career. <laughs> I haven't watched pig, but uh, he's in pig. pig is good. Pig, pig is, is actually good. so good. Okay. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I have to add that one to the list. And uh, Willie's Wonderland. And then he did uh, this movie called like The Prisoners of the Ghostland too, where he, he was going bonkers. I heard he had like bombs strapped to him. So uh, yeah, I would. Uh, yeah, he would be one of the most interesting actors to be for sure. Like, I mean, he's one of the hardest working actors, I think ever, because <laughs> he does so yeah. much work in one year. Exactly. Um, but also like, he's like, his acting is like, like, when you think of like acting, Nick Cage is like the definition of acting. If it's over the top, it's subtle or it's mediocre even. It's still like, he has such a wide range that nobody else really has in Hollywood. The man commits to say the least. He fully commits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's cause like when you rack up the kind of bills he has, I mean, you kind of have to be talented, right? Oh yeah. You gotta be, you know? I mean, I love watching him freak out. That's a staple. Just watching him go berserk for no reason, especially in national treasure too there's one scene in particular that i just love his acting. oh my god right <laughs> but so okay so you're for you know you used to be on my old bummy hertastic podcast that's long gone and you know it's the first time being on inside the sequel which is tradition on here with first time guests we gotta ask man what are some sequel movies that you stand like what are sequel movies like you're like these are mine i i i like these movies what are your thoughts on sequel movies you can love them. You can hate them. I, I, I need to know. 
well, by definition alone, they're inferior films, right? That's <laughs> <laughs> what your little intro says from that Scream 2, I want to say, that, Randy. That's right. Oh, so you listen um, to the podcast. Perfect. I've listened that. before. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. There's my little Easter egg. Um, so <laughs> I, <laughs> what was I going to say? I have a, a few Disney ones I'll mention because I feel like that's appropriate. And then I'll say a few others as well. But one sequel in particular that I think people might overlook because of how great the first is is Pirates of the Caribbean Dead Man's Chest. That yes. movie rocks. The CGI yes. was far ahead of its time. And it's almost more rewatchable than Curse of the Black Pearl. Like, honestly. Like, yes, I, dude. I, I don't know if that's a hot take, but the Kraken, just mm-hmm. uh, the, the epic fight between Nor- uh, Norrington, Will Turner, and Jack Sparrow on the beach. Mm-hmm. Like, that movie has all the action. It adds to the lore of the Pirates world so much. That movie is dope, honestly. Yeah, um, that honestly, like, dude, that's my most watched Pirates movie. I used to watch that movie all the time growing up. Oh, yeah, I I'm had so the DVD. I would take it in, like, a portable DVD player in the car, <sighs> and I always watched that one on my car rides. <laughs> yeah, dude. And, like, you got to see so many different locales of that movie, too, like seeing Calypso and, like, the tragic story between yeah. her and uh, Davy Jones. Ah, oh, dude, yeah. <laughs> dude, the Pirates movies rock. Those are some of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to other sequels, though, I... Does it have to be like the the second movie or can it be like no, the third? No, no. It's just, it can be third installment. It's okay. franchise movies. Yeah, man. Fair. I absolutely love the third Indiana Jones movie and my, the, that's Last Crusade. Mm-hmm. And um, I rewatched the indie movies over the summer and I was like, this one's damn near better than Raiders, but it's not just because I can't do that to Raiders. But like <laughs> the Sean Connery, the father-son vibe, that's just yep. fun. The, I love the uh, artifact they're going after, the Holy Grail. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like mm-hmm. that's, that's, that holds more weight than the the stones from the Temple of Doom. That's yeah, has been a little too stupid and cheesy for me, but that's just a blast, a lot of fun. It's actually the first indie movie I ever saw. Really, you yeah. know, I have a younger brother, and he's the same way. He likes The Last Crusade the mm. most too. And honestly, I talk about this a lot. I think it's really interesting when you think about like trilogies, and even if there's like movies after that, but beforehand, like the trilogy before, like they added like a sequel, yeah. like like you know, there's a Crystal Skull and stuff. But when yeah. it comes to trilogies. <laughs> Indiana Jones is definitely one of those goaded few where it's like all three of them are absolutely goaded, you know? Goaded, yeah. And the fourth one is the worst, but it's not horrendous in my opinion. Like, I still think there's redeemable qualities to it, surprisingly. Yeah, the action holds up. I like Shia LaBeouf in that world. The crystal, like the the idea of the aliens is cool. (laughs) They just didn't deliver it well. Yeah, they didn't. (laughs) And uh, it's 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 really, you have to turn your brain off for that one. The other Indiana Jones Mm -hmm. movies, they have absurd, like, situations where they somehow survive you really have to turn your brain off when they're going over these waterfalls and when mm-hmm. indy survives the nuclear blast it's just it's insane yeah so you, okay so you said disney sequels as well let me guess you're a big fan of return of jafar right never seen it i'm exposing oh. myself right now <laughs> never seen it yeah there's like the <laughs> prince of thieves and then there's return of jafar i think you had like texted me once about that though you were like do you want to do do you want to be on inside the sequel and do an aladdin sequel or and i was like i have to have to watch it but i'm not opposed i don't, <laughs> I don't know what it is about disney and like original <laughs> properties putting out sequels those sequels never do well no. They like don't. every single one, whether it's the th- the two extra Cinderella sequels, mm-hmm. whether it's Lion King two, I will Lion say King Lion King two, nostalgic for me, extremely nostalgic for me. Not it's- good. I tried to rewatch it recently. I had to turn it off, and I sold the Blu-ray. <laughs> but <laughs> but it, it was nostalgic for me. Yeah, kind of. Lion King two is oddly about subtle racism, which I always thought was <laughs> odd for Simba's pride, and yeah. then. Um, 
Lion King one and a half, I will say, is an enjoyable movie. You know, it's yeah. it's charming. Yeah. But then you get things like the the Latin sequels. You get oh my god, Mulan two, which I think is atrocious, which sucks. Yeah, I um, never saw that one either. At least they they should have done things like what Hercules did. They ended up just doing the Disney Channel cartoon show after. That was awesome. Yeah, I wish they did that more. I mean, well, Pixar seems to get sequels right somewhat, somewhat. Yes. Toy Story two and three, yes. Four, no. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I've I come around had... on that and said I just don't care about it anymore. Yeah, I'm you done. must have heard me when I said Toy Story three was disposable to me. <laughs> three, the third or fourth? The third. You don't like three? It goes one, two, and four for me, honestly. Like oh, I don't, wow. I don't, I don't, I don't watch three at all. Well, I guess I'm gonna, we're gonna have to cut this episode short. Yeah, I was, was gonna not... say. I was like, <laughs> it was I, nice. I, say it. I know you. <laughs> I, I know you love that movie, yeah, but dude, I'm excited for the um, the. I guess not the toy war, like the Toy Story universe, but like the toy, like the humans that the toys are based off of, because we're getting Lightyear. Yeah. Which looks amazing. And then we're going to yes. get like the real like bank robber that Ham is based on. And then we're going to get the Western Woody. We got to get Woody. Yeah. We got to get Woody. That would be sick. <laughs> that would be dope. <laughs> and then we're going to get an actual like dinosaur movie that's for Rex, apparently. <laughs> and then we're going to get a Speed Racer esque for yeah. RV or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah rc racer or whatever it's called that'd be cool. <laughs> it's weird that pixar can do animation and make it look almost better than actual humans at this point no yeah like Lightyear. i saw the trailer in imax and it looks insanely like it looks stunning it looks like it could be the best animated movie ever not not like the greatest film for an animation but like the actual animation itself could be the best we've seen if that makes sense yeah it's weird when you talk about animation the different styles and trends and decades of animation that kind of disney led the it's where disney mm -hmm. led the charge on that for such a long time and then you know ralph bashke came out and then um, dreamworks animators and then the guy who did the legend of nymph i forget his name um like they were doing competitive works to disney and then that kind of transcended what disney our animation would look like and then you get the 90s renaissance of animation and then you know the 2000s pixar led the led the way with 3d animation and then like now it's like photorealistic animation it's crazy yeah and if i'm being honest i'm not a fan of the current like walt disney animation studios animation style i, I prefer like the lion king era like the the renaissance era that is just what i grew up with and i like that i don't really care for i don't know like the frozen animation the characters they just look a little off to me uh, mm -hmm. like Wreck-It Ralph as well. It's good look looking animation, but I am actually find it easier to connect with characters that look a little more on the 2D side, kind of. Yeah, I think those movies, like I'll, I think animation now isn't focused on technicality anymore, which is weird because that's the whole basis of animation. They're more focused on thematic um, cinema and in, in story writing, which is crazy when you think about it because you could do those movies as live action movies and they'll probably be great because they're great stories they're great scripts. Yeah. Um, whereas in the past, like they were great stories, but it was all about the animation. And the big thing was also about the music and the scores of those movies. Yeah. It's just so crazy. Like, I know you're such a big Disney guy and you can't talk about Disney without animation. And I'm a big animation guy. Um, and I, I always like to hear different opinions on that. So with current animation, it's a little tougher for me to, cause they all look the same at some point. Like you mm -hmm. said, like Disney's kind of look the same. 
they have since about like the i don't even know when like they had like a return to the classic look with princess and the frog i feel which i like the way yeah. that movie looks a lot and then like tangled and onward it's just been like uh, not onward the movie but from that point in time it's been like the same uh style yeah call me crazy i swear i think dreamworks set that trend with the how to train your dragon franchise because i feel like once those movies were coming yeah. out and they were super popular disney and like pixar kind of copied that in a way because it's great animation um but when i watched soul and then i watched luca like animation wise they looked kind of the same you know fair like, like they like the style is still the same the the settings are different and those are beautiful but you know it's just it kind of they kind of look similar like the humans look the same that's why i think lightyear looks different because it looks photorealistic i think buzz in that trailer has better hair than i do in real life <laughs> yeah. that yeah that movie looks uh like hyper realistic like you're saying and um turning red they have another pixar has another movie come out in like march oh, called yeah. turning red i don't, i'm not crazy about the animation in that one but uh we'll see it's kind of like luca and I don't know how to describe it, but the, it almost like the faces look a little flat, kind of like uh, Wallace and Gromit or something like that. Like, <laughs> it's weird. It's kind of bizarre and off-putting. <laughs> I, at least you know what Wallace and Gromit is. Uh, the Crystal Were Rabbit remains one of the, I think, <laughs> underrated animated films from the 2000s, honestly. I don't remember the movies well enough to talk about them, but I can say I remember like them being on around like old, my brother and his friends are like at like uh, my parents would go to like group like they had like a group thing meeting every week and i would like the kids would be hanging out downstairs and like that would be on and i would just be kind of confused but it, <laughs> like it was weird i don't know how to describe it yeah claymation like that doesn't <laughs> age very well anymore it doesn't hold no. up yeah like sean um, the sheep <laughs> <laughs> okay but here's here's some things for you so we're talking about national treasure 2 it came out in 2007 i want to list off a few like 2007 was a big blaster year. I, I think when I think of 2007, I think there will be blood, no country for old men, because mm -hmm. it was one of the best years for, for Oscars because it was between those two and their yeah. neck and neck. But for blockbusters, it was low key underrated because you got this movie, you got Spider Man 3, yes, Surfs Up from DreamWorks, which was an Oscar nominated animated film. Mm -hmm. You got Fantasy, you got Stardust, which is a blockbuster, you got Transformers in the same year. Wow. And then Pixar puts out Ratatouille. Oh my gosh. 07 underrated. <laughs> Those are just a few samples of like 2007. But like for me, like you think about like National Treasure 2 was a blockbuster. It made bank. Um, but these were other movies that equally made so much money and were part of franchises and, you know, different sort of like nostalgia, like for us growing up. Cause like 2007, I was in middle school, you know? Yeah, I was in fourth grade maybe third or second grade even like i was pretty young mm -hmm. it's crazy <laughs> yeah i just i just like i think in national treasure too like i mean that's a lot of that's a good year for for movies like if you go to see a couple movies a year you're seeing national treasure too after watching the first one and then yeah. you're watching ratatouille and then if you watch the same Raimi movies you get the third one like yeah. i mean i'm a happy camper right there oh yeah and i i i wish i could be uh remembering the hype leading up to spider-man 3 because i was young so i didn't really I wasn't watching the Raimi movies like that young. I watched them probably like around 2008 for the first time. You, you, you've been posting on social media, your stuff about no way home. Yeah. Um, I mean, I wonder if like Sam Raimi's hype for releases. Cause like I saw those movies growing up. I never saw them in theaters, any of them um, surprisingly. So I can't really say if the hype was there, like it was for no way home. And I think I we had enough time for no way home to be talked about just a little bit. Uh, but like just leading up to No Way Home, 
for a Spider-Man movie, I don't think there's even enough hype for Amazing Spider-Man like it was, or even Homecoming. Yeah, like I remember, I remember the Amazing Spider-Man hype because we're getting a new Spider-Man movie, and Homecoming was hype, obviously, but nothing has compared to Spider-Man hype like No Way Home. It's just you put Doc Ock and Green Goblin in the trailer, you're gonna get butts and seats, and there's been speculation of certain people showing up in the movie and like i mean you just got to watch it that's all i'm gonna yeah. say <laughs> yeah like you have like if, if you haven't seen no way home by now like on recording it's like it just came out on thursday but you should have seen it by now at least three times yeah um, i mean four come on i'm going on my fifth time probably <laughs> tomorrow so <laughs> <laughs> but like okay you are more of an MCU guy than I am. I like the MCU yes. a lot, but you, that's like your bread and butter. That's why, you know, yeah. you're at where you're at now. Yes. No Way Home almost feels bigger than like Infinity War or even Endgame. I dare say it feels almost bigger than that. I think I was having this conversation with a friend and they made a great point. They said, if No Way Home came out under the same like world circumstances as Endgame, and it like released in China and everything, it probably would have made a billion um, global on opening weekend. And I fully agree. It made, I think, 583 or 587 million without China with second a pandemic. All, second all time, yeah. That is nuts. So it's always going to be a big what-if scenario of like how much it would have actually made under normal circumstances. But yes, I think the reason this movie has so much hype, um, more so than, or almost on par with Infinity War Endgame, is because mm -hmm. of nostalgia. Because there are people who grew up with... Um, you know, the Raimi trilogy and people who grew up with the Andrew movies. And there's, again, heavy speculation. They show up in this movie. Their villains are in it. So that is alone, like people are going to go see it because they peak curiosity. And uh, you, not only that, you have the third movie in Holland's uh, MCU run that was set up pretty well with the end of Far From Home as his identity is revealed to the world. So that alone is going to get people to come back because Far From Home made all that money without relying on nostalgia or past Spider-Man likelihood and stuff like that mm -hmm. which is weird because for far from home for me is the weakest of this trilogy after it's all i agree done. i agree um but it does have that cliffhanger kind of like infinity war did have which is interesting but yeah. i think it shows how like strong and like safe spider-man is for making money and getting people to see movies oh yeah he's like bigger than the mcu which is sad because he has to share with the sony you know company yeah um and it just kind of like it makes you think like how like much bigger it is like if like and how important Spider-Man is into like the MCU's like profits like I mean Shang-Chi was great Shang-Chi made a lot of money but like mm -hmm. I mean for a minute I was like oh this is a better movie than Shang-Chi I think Shang-Chi is a better movie but like I think I'd watch No Way Home more times than that mm -hmm. I think Spider-Man is like a image is the most profitable and probably the most iconic superhero of all time over mm -hmm. Superman and Batman. Yeah. I really do think that because yeah. I don't think the Batman is going to do as well as this movie at the box office. Mm -hmm. And like social media presence. I mean, you know, Far From Home was coming out and stuff like that. I mean, we didn't have things like TikTok even yet, you know? Yeah, or if it TikTok was is legit responsible for like millions of dollars for this movie. Seriously. like <laughs> It is. Yeah, like if you get, think about like TikTok and like Instagram and social media. Yeah. Um, like we didn't have that for like endgame we did not have it as much like tiktok mm -hmm. wasn't really in my eyes tiktok didn't really come up come out to like the pandemic started in like march mm -hmm. of 2020s when it took off right and here's the thing oh how do i say this um 
Oh boy, how do I say this? <laughs> Remember when Tom Holland was about to be held hostage by Sony, basically, yeah. in doing mm-hmm. the Spider-Man movies? It basically Twitter single-handedly beefed them into like being yeah. part of the MCU again. Like for a yeah. week, it was like Tom Holland's no longer the MCU, and then Twitter's like, you know, Sony, screw you guys, we're not going to see any of your freaking Spider-Man movies now. And then the MCU is like, just kidding, we already had like a contract <laughs> ready for it. Remember when that was like the biggest obstacle for like the MCU was like getting contracts secured, but now they just kind of were like throwing money at every MCU, like Marvel product and just owning it now. That was a really dark time. I was like upset for a week until they resolved it. (laughs) It was really bad. Like I I was like, I I was pissed. I remember I was like talking to my friends. I was like, they they screwed up everything. I mean, we're not going to be able to see they like, how are they going to have continue Tom Holland to Spider-Man with, this influence of Tony Stark and him being like an Avenger. How are they even going to deal with that? It's not, it's not going to make sense. And I kept like getting all upset about it. <laughs> I, oh, dude. Yeah. It's just, it was such a weird time. And like we're at now, it's like, yeah, like throw this in, throw this yeah. in. Whatever. It's going to crack a billion easily. I mean, as long as the Venom, so- <laughs> the, the Venom property stays in Sony, yeah. I'm happy because I've, I've seen those Venom movies and I'm like, I watch them ironically at this point now. Yeah. Like it just, well, I it's mean, just, if you want to be a real film fan, you would acknowledge that Venom 2 is great because PTA says it's one of the better movies of the year. So come oh on now. God, PTA. <laughs> he puts out a movie called Licorice Pizza, which I'm which excited I, for. Don't get I've wrong. actually seen that movie early and I did enjoy it quite a bit. Yeah, I, I it gives me Boogie Nights vibes, man. Yes. And Bradley Cooper uh, steals the show in that movie, I think. Ah, dude, yeah. it's weird. He's in that and Nightmare Alley. And it's yeah. like, we haven't seen him since A Star is Born. I don't know what's going on with his career. I hope it doesn't go the way of Ryan Gosling, where he's doing amazing works, so then he's gone for a few years, and then shows up in something. Yeah, I hope he uh, has like a full... I think he's actually directing a movie next year, maybe. Maybe. Which I'm excited hey. for. Yeah. Wow. I don't know. I just think it's just crazy. Like that's where we were with movies. And then now like, look where we are with films, especially because it's like, you know, I like talking, one of my biggest things about movies is not only just watching and talking about them, but it's about time and place. And I love to talk about numbers. Yeah. And when it comes to numbers in like the movies, I mean, you're the guy basically that we need to talk to about it because like you're all on Disney's ass about numbers and like what's coming (laughs) out and like what's profitable. It's like Disney in Pixar and the MCU, they basically kind of are controlling in the pandemic what's going to be successful for theater chains to like make profit and put movies out because of the whole stream and theater split. Mm-hmm. Now it's kind of going back to in theaters only, which feels interesting. I'll say this. I think Warner Brothers has screwed themselves royally this year because they decided to release all their movies on HBO Max simultaneously. Um, horrible move in my opinion because the Suicide Squad didn't do well at the box office because most people were like I can just watch this in comfort of my home Dune would have done even more numbers in the box office if they didn't have that option and I guarantee you right now uh, this might come probably come out after the Matrix 4 comes out that movie is going to bomb at the box office and I'll tell you why no one cares okay I'm not hating on the Matrix but I'll say this families it's Christmas week coming up they're going to go see Spider-Man No Way Home fans are going to go see that over and over if you want to, if you have a younger kids, you're going to go see Sing 2 that comes out because that's an animated movie with music. Right. And also we're getting The King's, the King's Man, which mm-hmm. I think honestly, people are probably more excited for that than another Matrix movie because it looks generic as hell. 
it looks like a John Wick. Like he didn't even, he doesn't look like Neo. So, I mean, like people are even, Michael gonna, yeah, he doesn't even look like Neo. Like my dad, uh-huh. who's a, who, you know, he likes all three mage moves. He was like, mm-hmm. it literally looks like John Wick. I don't like that. And I'm like, totally get that. It just, it's going to bomb. I mean, it might not even do 20 million opening weekend. That Honestly, that would be impressive if it did 20 million opening weekend. Yeah. I, are you a big Bond guy? Because I'm not. Are you Bond guy? Uh, I, I like the Craig run and I've seen a few of the other ones, but I'm not like a diehard Bond fan. Because like I heard No Time to Die could have made way more in normal circumstances that it didn't. I hear one way it's because it released in October. You don't release a Bond movie in October. That's a November, December release. But then it's like, you know, it was in theaters only, but people weren't coming to the theaters during that time. It's, I mean, I saw it in a full theater and an IMAX theater opening night. And um, so like, I, I don't know. I think that the the hype for Bond just kind of fizzled out, unfortunately, because the trailer for that movie came out in like 2019. And mm-hmm. so it just people that's are like, true. oh, that's coming out. They just forgot about it. Right. I think if you're not a Disney owned property that's being pushed out and i agree with you with the matrix thing he doesn't look like neo so i'm losing interest but then you hear speculation yeah of like oh it's uh, he's actually like part of the it's a, the matrix is now a john wick universe movie oh yada yada speculation <laughs> uh but like it's like i feel like dune is one of like the last man stand, like one of the last movies standing that shows like real great movies have to be witnessed in theaters kind of can convince people that it because it made a lot of money it's kind of, and it's a Denny new film, which one, a lot of film fans love, but two, he doesn't do well at the box office, but I mean, dude is a big known, pro, like it's a book based on a book. People are going to go see it. It's a big IMAX spectacle. I feel like it made enough money to push people back into theaters in a way. I think so. And I really do believe that. And then the success of uh, Shang-Chi and of course, mm-hmm. No Way Home, like people are saying No Way Home saved the box office. And I kind of like, I, I think I kind of see that what they mean, but at the same time, it's going to overshadow all these other movies like nightmare alley made like 2.58 million in the u.s which i mean i don't know if that movie is going to make anything anyway even if it didn't come out this week um but smaller movies are becoming their theatrical runs are becoming smaller and smaller and it's leaning more towards like spectacles like you were saying imax spectacles on the big screen basically the last duel is what my biggest problem <laughs> with movies is it came out for two days in theaters i'm convinced and then it's been gone it's not even in Redbox or streaming unless you pay an arm and a leg for it. Yeah. I mean, I saw that movie on the Thursday night thing. Like I bought my ticket. There was like four other people in the theater with me. <laughs> Over and, the uh, age of 35, probably. <laughs> yeah. I think I was the youngest person in there by far. And uh, I liked the movie, but really Scott, dude, he's made some great films. I know he's made one of your, one of, if not your favorite of all time. The dude needs to shut his mouth, though. Have you seen yeah. that one interview where the guy was just like talking to him? He was like, "Am I allowed to cuss on this or no?" Oh, of course, dude. He I'm was like, drunk. he was like, he was like, "Shut the fuck, shut the fuck up, shut your fucking mouth." I was like, yeah. "What?" He's knighted. That's his thing. He's <laughs> Sir Ridley Scott. He's knighted. He's basically got a license to kill. He's one of the most outspoken and one of the self-sabotaging directors ever. But like, I love that about him. Dude, he's like house of gucci i don't like that movie at all i don't know how you feel ba- about it it's such an oscar bait movie it's such a three and a half out of five star movie for me <laughs> it's um, a two for me dude it's garbage almost it's, but here's the thing i was excited for that more than the last duel but mm-hmm. now after seeing it, i'm like oh the last duel is actually his best movie <laughs> of the year. how many like it's so rare to see directors like big name directors put out more than one work a year i hate that tread world's like their big oscar movie or their, a big oscar push for the year yeah. I like when like big directors make more than two, one movie a year. Like 
Jurassic Park came out the same year as Schindler's List for uh, Steven Spielberg. Danny Villeneuve did Enemy in um, Prisoners, right? In Prisoners, no, the same yeah, yeah, year. yeah, yeah. And Coppola did, uh, I think, The Conversation in The Godfather Part Two, Part two. in mm-hmm. the same year, seventy four. Yeah. I want to say, yeah, like it's like these are like great works. It's like I think directors need to be incentivized more to put more than one work out. Mm-hmm. That's like for one for like Oscar or like critic award garnering. Cause like House of Gucci for me after watching it feels like it's the movie to like get people in theaters. And then it's like, I'm thinking, and I'm hoping the last duel is going to be the Oscar push movie for him. You know? Yeah. I think he's going to get completely shut out at the Oscars just because of yeah. everything. I don't even think he's like last duel is not going to get nominated for best picture. I don't even think. Yeah. Why I love him so much is he's, He's so unapologetic and he's smart with film, but he also puts out some of the, his highs are so high, but his lows are pretty embarrassing low. It's like being a Kanye West fan for me, (laughs) you know? It's like, I love Donda, but then it's like, sometimes it's like, you know, the life of Pablo is okay, but like, I mean, it's the life of Pablo, (laughs) you know? Or 808s, I don't know. That's how I look at it. But um, I wish movies were simple. It's hard because we're in a pandemic, but I wish movies... It was kind of like 2007, you know, like, yeah, you knew who the big Oscars, big um, money makers were in the in the movies, you know, who were the Oscar movies. Um, when you talk about National Treasure 2, coming off the success of the first one, like I kind of was curious, like, so I didn't watch these movies growing up. I watched these movies a year ago for the first time. And as someone who studied like social studies and stuff like that, this movie, these movies felt like social study teachers wet dream movies to put in their classrooms (laughs) they're safe movies that are also entertaining and educational yeah um they're disney products it's like it's one of that you don't see movies like this man like i i when you were like you got to watch national treasure 2 movies with chris i was like chris i'm on that ass i'm gonna be watching (laughs) these movies um i was so hooked with the first one and then i was excited for the second one (laughs) and you didn't like it did you or did you know i don't know what your thoughts are on it my thoughts are this. It's lesser than the first, but it's still so goddamn entertaining. <laughs> that's exactly, that's, you took the words out of my mouth pretty much. Yeah. It's not, a, you're not gonna be able to recapture the magic of the first. I mean, it's doing the Declaration of Independence. That's, that's a classic line right there. The second one is, it ha- it's kind of like Home Alone 2 and Home Alone. Where like, Ooh, I love, like Home Alone 2 is like, um, sort of a copy paste of the first in a way, but it's still a lot of fun and has its own unique things to it. Uh, I think National Treasure 2 is like pretty similar when it comes to the beats of the movie. Uh, mm-hmm. It just does a little thing differently. And you also have uh, Ed Harris as the villain. <laughs> yeah, which is weird. because he's like <laughs> Ed Harris is a good actor, but at this time he's doing this. And he's also in David Cronenberg's A History of Violence with Viggo Morganson, which is a dark and brooding and oddly overtly sexual um, thriller film. <laughs> I've only seen the opening of that, yeah. It's it's crazy. His film career is crazy. Like, like I don't know. I, Truman, I, I, and then he's God basically in the Truman Show. He's like p- playing God in that movie. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> he just doesn't. He doesn't have like the Sean Bean charisma, really. You no, know? yeah. That and um, Sean Bean was missing in this movie. Like I, I like he he Ian is his name in the first one. Mm-hmm. He's a great villain. Um, yeah, I mean he also, needs to do more. By the way, I love Sean Bean. Sean Bean, yeah, he he's one of those actually kind of he's kind of like he's in this goaded few of like Brian Cox yeah. and at the time at the before his passing Dick Miller when they're in these movies you know they're good movies it's yeah. kind of like that like Brian um, Cox in uh, the Born 
the Bourne films. Yeah. The early Bourne films. Yeah. 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 I'm a big fan of that, man. And Sean Bean and Brian Is he in Cox Troy? Troy? Is Brian? Yeah, yeah Troy. Both yeah. of them. Both of them in Troy. Yeah, I forget yeah. Sean Bean's in that movie. Yeah. He plays Odysseus, which is oddly, and it's a small role, which feels like it needs to be a bigger role. <laughs> yeah. Troy's a uh, damn good movie. I need to rewatch that soon. Oh, this is why I love talking to you about movies, Chris. Like, <laughs> Troy is a fucking phenomenal movie. It and- is, yeah. I'm gonna ruin a wine. <laughs> I'm gonna ruin it for you. Hey, did you ever see Roland Emmerich's 10,000 BC? I did not, but I saw the trailer a few times, I think, in theaters. <laughs> you should watch you should watch 10,000 BC. I'm curious what your thoughts are on that. <laughs> okay. I'm convinced it's entertaining. People hate it, but is that I the mean, movie about like uh like there's like woolly mammoths on the poster? And yeah, yeah. like the okay. covers of Sabretooth. Is there actor? is there even like one notable actor in it, or is it just like no? Okay, I that's what I thought. Any yeah. actors. <laughs> <laughs> i remember the trailer i was like this looks awful but i mean it might be worth a watch <laughs> hey dude roland emmerich is like the less creepy version of michael bay for me so it's like <laughs> i've watched the michael bay transform movies and it's like roland emmerich's 10,000 bc yeah. is like a breath of fresh air yeah michael um, bay we- with uh ambulance coming out ambula and like ambulance <laughs> but they capitalize the la it's gonna be interesting uh i i i, I can't be bothered with another michael bay entry <laughs> Uh, but when we talk about National Treasure 2, here's like what my thoughts are. It doesn't have the hype, like the urgency, like the first movie. It feels more or less like um, it's very methodical. It doesn't get like it's a two hour movie, but it doesn't get started into like 45 minutes for me. It feels like rehashing of like the first movie, the beginning. Like this movie is all about just clearing the name of the Gates family. Yeah. I mean, that's cool, but it's not as like, it's not about like, oh, like where we've been, sh- like, we know they've been a shunned family name, but like in this movie, it's like this one guy who has proof of evidence of the Lincoln assassination just said like, we're criminals, basically. It's mm-hmm. like, eh, like, okay. There is a more far-fetched nature to this one, even though the first one is like highly far-fetched. This one, <laughs> this, this, this one somehow, I think personally tops it when it comes to believability and there is like a lack of urgency a little bit like i'm not crazy about um the scene early on where like um where they break into uh diane kruger what's her name again it's escaping me right now oh it's uh it's dr abigail chase abigail chase yeah they go to her uh like house and she's with uh what's the actor's name uh ty burrell i think his yeah. name is yeah and he's he's just a goober in this movie um so there's <laughs> <laughs> he really is, he is. Uh, <laughs> so there's that whole plot line uh going down and then it really kind of kicks into the next gear i think um if i remember correctly sort of when they go to like is buckingham first buckingham palace is no first, they go to right paris now. first they go to paris. paris and that's when they have the exchange with like the two bike cops <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> this movie's problem is it doesn't know what's like the big secret like in the first movie it's all about the templar crusade it's yes. about the templar treasure i'm yeah. totally down for that and in this movie it's like we're trying to get this thing well actually it's about a bigger thing and now it's to this final thing and then it's like <gasps> excuse me the final thing is like <laughs> this insanely out of nowhere thing you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which kind of sucks it, it, it's 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 not it, i i'm basically watching like easy like not easy but like very tame espionage and like action mixed in with a lot more comedy you yeah. know it doesn't work like well. um helen mirren is, is introduced as uh his, his uh ben gates mother yep. And that I can do without sort of especially on rewatch it's like it's fine um it's it's 
not necessary, really, in my opinion. It was a reason to get an Oscar nominee, Helen Mirren, in there. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. Uh, John Voight kicking it, too, by the way. Let's talk about John that John Voight guy. has so much more work yeah. in this movie than in the first one. In the first movie, I was like, okay, he's just grouchy old John Voight. I kind of like that. <laughs> this movie, he's doing a bunch of shit. And I'm like, oh, yeah. eh. He's, kind, like, he's okay. kind of a uh, an ass. To like Christopher Plummer is just talking to his grandson at the beginning of the first National Treasure yep. about this like story. And he's like, no, it's all. There's always another clue. Like mm-hmm. That's what mm-hmm. he says. Oh man. Yeah. Rest in peace to Christopher Plummer though. Yeah. You know, but yeah. yeah, yeah. It's just the first one had like that magic to it. And the second mm-hmm. one, it's more about like over the top, like um, moments, you know, cause in this movie, yeah. I think a lot about the over the top parts. Um, and I can't help but think it's more or less like a, like in the first movie, they're treasure hunters and they're competing with Ian and Sean Bean's character. Yeah. And like that chase is there in this movie. It's kind of like, I, don't, I can't really describe it. It's like clearing a name is like the main thing. It's not even like getting in front of, because Ed Harris does not feel like a, like a pursuit. He doesn't feel like a threat as much in this movie. No, I agree. Like the first one, it. Um, I'll, I'll say the second one, like you said, the first one's like treasure hunting, which I agree. Mm-hmm. The second one, it feels like conspiracy theorists, like the movie yes. made for like conspiracy theorists, because in the first movie you get like this epic backstory on like the the night the templar knights mm-hmm. i believe and all that yep. and um the masons the freemasons right yeah and then um you get this like i love the opening with like charlotte i believe it's in the mm-hmm. snow and like that's that right there there's so much conflict created and it goes like that's that kick starts the movie mm-hmm. and it's a mm-hmm. chase from there on out like you said there's constant urgency in this one uh we get a really cool opening of like the assassination of lincoln and mm-hmm. like how uh it's like in the lineage but yep it doesn't really kick into gear after that for quite some time. It's a lot more meandering. And I hate to use that word a lot, but it does meander a little bit more. Yeah. I get, it's kind of like a real, like half, like 30 minutes, 45 minutes of the movie. They're like, okay, proving that we didn't kill Lincoln isn't entertaining enough. So now we got to create a new pursuit in the middle mm-hmm. of this current pursuit. And that's like, for me, it's cool because you get to see these crazy things. Like you said, like proving that, you know, John Wilkes Booth, um, wasn't the main consp- was the main conspirator when obviously he is, but now there's like proof that he might not have been. Yeah, because the Gates family. That's an interesting thing. I wish they kind of ran with that, but then they're like, well, now we got to start talking about, um, you know, like different wood structures that were used for the most powerful people to prove like there's like a hidden treasure somewhere. And then they're like, well, where's that going to be at? Um, it's just it it's crazy. I think it's like Disney was like we need to start showing more national landmarks in this movie more. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's cool because like, as somebody who likes history, that's entertaining. And that's what works for me in this movie. I feel like I get yeah. to see a lot more. Um, but like, I guess in the aspect of being a national treasure movie, I don't feel like there's not much treasure chasing. It just feels, it's almost like a who framed Roger rabbit movie in yeah. a way. Yeah. <laughs> Um, the best, like the, the first chase scene that I can at least recall from the movie is when they're like driving through the streets and it ends with like Nick Cage putting up the, he holds up the pieces of wood and runs through a red light and it Mm -hmm. takes a picture of him so they can like try and use that to scan it. And I'm like, I I don't know. I do. Do red light cameras actually take pictures of you, of your face? I didn't know if they did. I've always wondered that. I've wondered (laughs) that my whole life. Like, how do they actually get the info? What if you're, what if your license plate is on the back of your car? Does it, is there a camera on the light? Like I've always wondered, like that's something that this movie 
created in my mind. But that's oddly the charm of this movie. Like these are things that we question whether they're realistic or not, but they make it feel like it could be. Yeah. That's what I like about the second one. Like the also the car chasing is awesome. You know, this it is. movie. Um, it's just it's crazy because it's like the stakes are higher. It's like not only do we have, you know, to prove our name and Phil Harris is chasing us or Ed Harris, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Or is it, is it Phil or Ed Harris? I, I already forgot. I think it's Ed. It's Ed Harris. Yeah, he's Ed pursuing Harris. us, but he's not like pursuing us. Like he's going to kill us. He's more or less like trying to stay at arm's length so he can like ride the wave of finding everything with us. And yeah. then the FBI isn't as pursuant as they were in the first movie. They're more or less like working subtly with you know ben gates yeah less harvey Keitel in this one <laughs> yeah which i thought was an odd casting for a disney movie <laughs> yeah harvey Keitel. like imagine if they that i feel like they couldn't get al pacino so they went with like Keitel or something <laughs> like it's <laughs> <laughs> such a good one <laughs> it's probably um, true <laughs> like it, it, i mean they're like what kind of like nostalgia like we, this like national treasures like those movies are like it's one of those rare, like fun, like fun for the whole family, quote unquote. But like, yeah. it really is like a movie that's for everyone. It's so no, yeah. safe to make yeah. money and like be entertaining. Um, but in this movie, so Riley is back because uh, it's weird because the first movie, they're super rich. Abigail and Ben are together. But this movie does what I hate what every sequel movie, not every sequel, but like a lot of sequel movies do is they either they kill the characters who survived in the first movie or they like break them up. And in this yeah. second movie, they break them up. And my thought was like, well, aren't they living together? And now she's kicking Ben Gates out. I'm kind of like, is that how it's supposed to go? Or like, what's going on? It's like, everything was so good. Yeah. Like the issue with that is it, it creates like predictability to the movie. Like that, that's something that bothers me. Like they, they are going to be broken up. They're obviously going to get together by the end. It's just, I don't like when movies do stuff like that. Um, and I can't stand when they kill off characters though which I could, um, I just went on to another side rant, but I'm going to save that for another time. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. That's like, like, why do we have to get this movie where they're breaking up and they're fighting? It's like, I would love to see them together as a couple now, instead of like building a relationship based on circumstance. I want to see them do this thing together in a way, but they didn't get to do it. And Riley has such a much more of a backseat role, which sucks because He's such gold in that first movie. Oh, in yeah. this movie, his quotes are pretty funny, honestly. Like, he works really well with Nick Cage. But in this movie, it does feel like they wanted to unhinge Nick Cage more than they did in the first movie. Oh, I mean, look, like the scene in Buckingham Palace where he's, like, acting all drunk and obnoxious. Like, oh, that's just Nick God. Cage being Nick Cage. That's a scene that they were like, we got to get our money's worth. We have <laughs> to have something that was missing in the first movie. We have to have an over-the-top scene. And that was that. It was, it is insane that scene. It's, it's, it's nuts, nuts. And Disney was like, yeah, keep that in. <laughs> <laughs> I will say though, this movie has one of the coolest like moments in National Treasure lore for me when mm-hmm. they do kidnap the president, which is like something that happens. And then yes. they go to like the tunnels underground. Mm-hmm. I love like, um, realistic like physical sets that reminds me of indiana jones when they go and they're like they have the flashlights that illuminate the cobwebs and you can just see this clear beam through all the dust and uh they always find they find another clue i i really do like that scene now it's unrealistic as hell arguably more unrealistic than stealing the declaration of independence that you're going to be able to like kidnap the president of the united states like that's just never going to happen um 
But they convinced but me that they could. Yeah, it, it's it's that's the thing. They did the same thing with the declaration in the first mm-hmm. movie. It's just yeah. well, it's actually surprisingly like well written in my mm-hmm. opinion. Like these movies aren't lazy. Like the script no. writing is not lazy at all. It's not. It's like it's like how to like if they made a movie like if they did a prison break movie i want the people who did the national treasures movies to make that movie because i would believe they wrote the blueprint on how to escape from prison no yeah yeah that's a good analogy yeah like i it's and that's why i like this movie so much it's like even though there's feeding me like you said conspiracy theories which i agree with over the top like ideas they do it in a way that makes such sense. They could convince me otherwise. And if they ran for the, for a politician, I would probably vote for them. Cause it's like, they're so no, good yeah. at convincing yeah. me. <laughs> I agree, dude. Uh, I, I just, I just think in this movie, I wish they focused on like one or two big things, but this movie it's constantly bouncing around to find something new. That's big. Cause it's like, at first we were trying to find, clear our names and figure out who was the conspirator to kill Abraham Lincoln. Cool. But now it's like, kidnap the president now we know about a book of secrets but that book of secrets is like a cool thing to find but then it's like leading you to a city of gold yeah it's like i don't know how we got to this point now i love the ride that we're on but i just i I couldn't tell you how we got here (laughs) no yeah it it, now that you're describing it to me it does sound extremely outlandish because Mm -hmm. it, it does it takes off in the third act like the city of gold i don't really I think they allude to it earlier in the movie, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love the mis- the um, the intrigue surrounding the Book of Secrets. Like the biggest intrigue being what's on page 47. That's the question that everyone wants to know. And I, th- I hope we get answers eventually. Yeah, I can't think of any idea what... I, I think it has something to do with Nancy Reagan is what's on page 47. Okay. <laughs> Have you followed the trends of, on Twitter about Nancy Reagan? Uh, no. <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> why am I fucking talking about this? <laughs> Apparently, on Twitter, it's been confirmed that she was considered the throat goat in her. T- <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Page forty-seven of Fucking Secrets is Nancy Reagan was confirmed the throat goat of her. T- <laughs> Christ, <laughs> jeez! I'm glad like we have such a Twitter following. They're gonna keep that shit up. <laughs> but but you know smart of this movie to like (laughs) i don't know if they knew there was going to be a third movie or not but like the fact that they held on to like what's on that page and like kind of like leaving it alone um it was kind of cool you know it's like it's like every like alex jones followers wet dream (laughs) is like national treasure 2's book of secrets oh man that's great not i love i love uh the memes that surround alex jones the man's a walking meme I mean, he's basically in the MCU now with J. Joe. No, Jason, yeah, right. That's like, exactly that's what my, my brother said, because if you stay to the end of the credits of that movie, there's like a paragraph where they were like any if anyone is like the likelihood of someone, it's completely coincidental. And my brother was like, they literally made him Alex Jones. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Dude, he would have like some sort of conspiracy, like his the chemicals in his his web slinging is like making people angry or something like that. Yeah yeah uh but here's the here's my big question with but besides page 47 besides like what else is like where the city of gold is i want to know is it confirmed that is that george bush george w bush is the president that he kidnaps because he didn't have a texas accent oh uh, i think i think he has <laughs> he to was oddly super him. intelligent as president too i think I, I think they were implying that but um 
the country music is what really I think was it Vince Gilligan or not <laughs> not Vince Gilligan Vince Gilligan is the writer director of uh Breaking Bad Vince Gill is that his name yeah is that the guy they had um he he comes out and does like a song or something uh I, I honestly don't know what president is but the actor who plays that president is like the generic <laughs> he either dies in every movie he's in or he's like an elderly figure like he's in the, the star trek reboot i'm pretty sure he's uh i forget the character but i'm pretty sure he dies and like he's he's he pops up in these movies he has a very commanding voice mm-hmm. i like him as the president honestly uh but i don't know who <laughs> what what version of the president they were going for <laughs> right i think that's that's what was funny it's like oh my god he's gonna kid the president it's like oh my god they're gonna kid up bush i want to see <laughs> what if they actually got him to play himself? that would be so cool like i yeah. feel like if when obama's 10 when obama was president he probably would have if they asked him to be in a movie he probably would have been in the movie yeah uh, i mean trump was in a movie a sequel mm-hmm. movie i don't know if we're mm-hmm. proud of that or not but he was in a already mentioned movie. that movie on this podcast episode right right <laughs> uh yeah i i think this movie is like it's it's odd because it's a two-hour movie and i remember thinking oh my god these national treasure movies are both two-hour movies but they move like butter it's so quick like they're so entertaining they have they they have things that most movies don't have anymore they have a mix of like like really good strong like script writing they have great acting comedy they have action set pieces they have car chasings you when's the last time you saw a movie that has car chases that's not just a james bond movie or like yeah fast and furious i honestly don't know yeah. but and and it has yeah. like a like a whodunit like whodunit mystery elements to the movies as well um they're just kind of like it's like filmmaking then you had to work really hard and like now it's like more genre filmmaking where you're focused on certain aspects of movies and that's it but like I mean, National Treasure, like those movies balance a lot. Oh, yeah. Like, um, I feel like movies nowadays are just, we get so much generic kind of just crap, honestly, like disposable movies. Like these are like critically, you could critique them all you want. You know, people out there do, but they're so much fun and they have like a charm to them that certain movies just don't have nowadays. Right. And I think when you do something like like the treasure hunting, Indiana Jones type, yeah genre of movies that are like action action adventure you have the indiana jones movies you have like the the national treasure movies we don't get things like this anymore and like the only thing that looks remotely similar besides mission impossible i guess is kind of like the new uncharted movie that's being announced yeah uh, fingers crossed that one is actually good because i love those video games but i hope we get more i love these treasure hunt movies and indy 5 is going to come out at some point Mm -hmm. maybe (laughs) i think it got delayed again i don't know but right i think it's at this time there weren't movies like this coming out and it's like people were kind of craving just pure entertaining relatively safe movies to show people and it had really good acting for its time like the actor who plays riley i don't know what happened to him like after these movies oh yeah justin bartha He's like, he's known for like the hangover trilogy and the national treasure movies. <laughs> like, like what happened to that career? Like Dan Kruger, I know what happened to her. She was also Troy, mind you, but yeah. uh, you, you see her butt. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> but like Nick Cage, like he, I, I mean, he, it's weird. He started doing a lot more direct to DVD movies, but like national treasure is like one of those odd successful movies. I know this movie got like, it was like star studded at the Razzies, which I hate the Razzies. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I think the movies are, I think they're still really good. Like National Treasure 2 is like not as good as the first because the first is 
maybe divine in some aspects, but in this movie, it's really entertaining stuff that has um, also some dark moments that the first one didn't have. Like when they're finding the lost city of gold, like, I, I mean, there's parts where they almost die. Like the balancing beam segment. Yeah. Is very entertaining. Um, the oddly, like, like, cause it's, uh, they go to the, like the Mount Rushmore and you think about like how many movies involve Mount Rushmore. And then it's like, you find North by some, Northwest. <laughs> uh, you see, you're better than me in watching that. <laughs> I haven't seen that, but uh, they, they, they get to like, see like, like who would have thought going to see you see the 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 Rushmore monument and you don't think anything of it? This movie's like you know what we're gonna make you think otherwise. I kind of no, yeah. like that. I think that's cool. Yeah. And then we get uh, I, I do like how they incorporate uh, like that because it there is no like treasure map there, but then they find like the lever and they pull it and like the rocks just fall behind Mount Rushmore and that's like the entrance to the the city of gold. Mm-hmm. I just think that's mystical something about it it's it's really dope i don't know how to describe it mm-hmm. but the moment where nick cage gets to go nick cage and this was like one of the trailer moments i remember <laughs> is when he sticks his hand in the thing and he's like ah! <laughs> he like yells out and then he's like i was just kidding i don't know it's like some weird generic line delivery yeah. it's like that wasn't really necessary at all but it's kind of pretty damn funny <laughs> like, they kind of let him loose in this movie <laughs> <laughs> they really did i wonder if he got he did like shots of like jack daniels before he did take sometimes <laughs> oh my god yeah like this like yeah i i i think once i think i was a little confused leading up to right before the the city of lost gold but like once that stuff starts happening it's really good like there it's like it's caverns it's like they, it's like surviving traps they don't know if they can trust everyone basically and then you know it starts like getting flooded in this movie yeah. for like, it uses some CGI, but like a lot of it is practical and really good set design. I agree. Like it looks it, again. I love those practical kind of grand physical sets that Indiana Jones is what like mm-hmm. temple of doom looks stunning. Like the sets for that is, is insane. It's gorgeous. Um, but I love how, how grand the, the city looks. And it's honestly I was like not traumatized by a certain moment in this movie, but like it freaked me out when Ed Harris's character like stays behind. He like drowns. That always like, like I was seven or eight and I was like, yeesh, like drowning always freaked me out. And that in particular, it's just a brutal because they show a shot of him. Like his head is like right there. Mm-hmm. And he's like, uh, can't speak. He's trying to get air and he goes under and drowns. And it's pretty, pretty dark. Yeah. Because they basically <laughs> are all there. They're just like, yeah. uh, somebody has to stay. And yeah. I was kind of thinking, John Voight, you can stay, man. You're yeah. good for it. Yeah. <laughs> and then the, he just kind of goes like, I'm not going to be a bad guy anymore. And I'm going to do good by me, by this. Yeah. Just, and it kind of gives like a weird wink and nudge to like, you know, what people go through for like fame in a way, you know, cause it's yeah. like hit, his last words were like, tell people I found this, you know, like keep my legacy going. Cause this movie's all about legacy and family names. Yeah. It's like, how many times do people kind of like kill themselves for notoriety in some aspects, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I think when I was thinking of that, I was like kind of eerie, you know, this person's literally killing himself so he can get known in the history books. And I'm like, Ooh, okay. yeah, it's uh, it's very unsettling now that you mention it actually. And um, ever since I was a kid, it's, it's, it's been like, it hits, it's not just, you know, it's not Sean Bean getting arrested at the end of the first National mm-hmm. Treasure. It's the man drowning. <laughs> it's 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 darker it really is and the opening of the movie is dark too there's a lot of dark elements in this movie 
Yeah, they never really like. I mean, they do prove that Thomas um, Gates was not a conspirator to kill Lincoln. I yeah. wish they would have focused on that more instead of it just being um, the obvious that there was still Confederate conspirators within yeah. the Union. Like that, I feel like would go without saying anybody who knows history. But like the fact that that's the kind of the call, the call to action in some aspect. You know, mm-hmm. it's like you know. I don't know. Yeah. It's just, yeah. I wish they kind of explored that, but that's also because like I'm a big U.S. history guy, and yeah. these and this movie is more focused on like indigenous Aztec like treasure, you know? Yes, and it, but it kind of shifts around like we talked about. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't know what it wants to be at a certain point because it. Yeah. I liked what they were setting up, like you were saying with the conspiracy theory vibes, and then it has to have the core element of national treasure. I mean, it has treasure in the title, so they're going to have to have that treasure hunting in it. True. Um. I, I do wish that we got just a straight up conspiracy theory movie. And isn't Riley like he wrote a book about conspiracy theory, right? Yeah. So, like, and he kept telling yeah. referencing people, if you read the book, you would have yeah, known. Exactly. It's, yeah. <laughs> and that's how I feel when I talk to my friends about sequel movies and then they kind of give opinions. I'm like, you know, if you would have listened to my sequel podcast, like you yeah. talk, like you say you do, you would have known about this. <laughs> yeah. I'm calling them out right now. I know people don't listen, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Nathan Jones, maybe. Nathan Jones. He, he he wants to just be on here to talk about Garfield too. Is really what he wants to do. That's really it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, at the end, you know, they rekindle the relationship, and they're you know the fireworks start shooting off, and I'm like, there's a dead guy inside Mount Rushmore. Right <laughs> yeah. And Riley finds a lady at the end, doesn't he? Like they set that up. Yeah, finally, because like yeah. he just rides off with a sweet like ride at the end of the first movie. Yeah. Which is honestly cool. The Ferrari. I've always, that's like, I wanted a Ferrari growing up because of that. I don't anymore, but that, yeah, Riley, I thought that was cool. Riley gave hope to a lot of like super cool young social studies teachers. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I, he kind of reminds me of like my, uh, my, oh, uh, no. my government teacher from high school. Now that I think about it. Yeah. That, he's kind of like that guy, like the smart, yeah. decently attractive guy. Who's really nice. Yeah. You know? That's like, I'm going to watch this movie and a bunch of people are going to think, oh, that's like my teacher right now. I know yeah. that's what the thought was going into that movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but one cool thing about this movie, like with, like we talk about like the, the, the indigenous city of lost gold. I think that's really cool that Disney decided to incorporate this because it's called the, you know, national treasure, the United States national treasure in the book of secrets. And it's a secret. It's like the indigenous people, the people were here before us, you know, like that's what the big national treasure is. And it's kind of mm-hmm. paying respects in a way to like the people before the U S government in a way, even though all the wrongdoings and everything, I thought that was kind of cool. That wasn't in the first movie at all. Yeah. Um, and of course it like, you know, it seems like it's very interested in showing the realism of it. Like the, like it shows like the statues and the writings and everything in this movie. In the first one, it was more or less more European, pre-revolutionary time to like the mm. current day and this one it's like even predating that i think that's kind of cool because no, it yeah. works almost like a prequel sequel in a way because it talks about a very controversial thing in like the civil war um i don't know when you think about it as an adult watching natural it has a lot of underlying ideas that are more for the adults than like for the probably the kids who are watching it at the time that's totally fair yeah because the first one is very not plain but like you like safer i guess and this one right right out of the gate you're getting not controversial but talking about more of a touchy subject with like the lincoln assassination Mm because you like you know the civil war the the divide between the union and the confederates Mm -hmm. 
and then going into the indigenous um, thing as well. It, it yeah, definitely. I, I'm curious because you'd mentioned um, the indigenous treasure. If you prefer, like when it comes to the final sets, I guess the final, uh, like the third act. So in the first movie, you've got the um, underneath the church, you know, that mm-hmm. like it's like the wood and it's, yeah. uh, it's all that. And then in this one, it's, it's in Mount Rushmore. Like, which do you think is a cooler set piece? I think I kind of like the first one just a little bit more because it's crazy how it's in broad daylight underneath this random church, you yeah. know? Yeah. And in this one, it's kind of isolated in Mount Rushmore where there's not a lot of bystanders and people. Um, I think the reveal is better in this movie in the, in the second one, because you see the grand scope of this city of treasure and like the, the machinery that's inside of it and the intricates of it. In the first one, it's kind of like, here's this place full of treasure now leave basically. Yeah. Um, also, I really enjoy in this movie the unlockings for that for the, like the uh, the mystery because like he has to, like we said he has to go to Buckingham Palace he has to go to the Oval Office I think those things are very entertaining versus in the first movie trying to find besides just stealing the deck this movie is mostly about like the the power of photocopying machines and early <laughs> technology and in this one it's more or less like. <laughs> More or less, like, I got to get quick on this and, like, convince other people to let me into things, you know? No, yeah. Like, moving forward for this franchise, if we get a third and fourth film, they are going to have to really think about their scripts because technology is so advanced right now that it's going to be hard to believe a lot of the things. Mm -hmm. If they're going to be pulling off some crazy, like, uh, some feat, like, stealing the Declaration of Independence. Like, they might just have to go to straight up finding a treasure map and then go from there or something like that. I'm I'm convinced this third one's going to be thumb breaking to area 51 with the help of some redditors. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> oh man, Alex Jones actually makes a cameo and he's like talking about some conspiracy theory for some random reason. <laughs> I kind of wish like I'm not a big TV show person. Um the only Disney ch- Disney Plus show I've watched is The Mandalorian for obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. If The National Treasure it's going to be a movie not a show, correct? So they are doing a show but it's not related. It's following a new I'm actually going to look it up. But mm-hmm. um there it's following a new younger girl character I want to say, but they are but I believe they're making a third and possibly fourth movie which would excite me. But The National Treasure TV series it says I'll read you the description right now. This is mm-hmm. off IMDb. A Hispanic Latina American lead character named Jess Morales, who is a 20-year-old dreamer that sets off on an exploration to discover the mystery of her family history and with the help of her friends seeks to recover historical lost treasure. So that's the TV show. And the movie, I don't know. Yeah. The movies so, are kind of like the Avatar movies. They're coming out at some point. We just Yeah, they're in development, but do we will we ever see it? I don't know. I think because I was gonna say, I think the National Treasure would be safe being a show. Like it would be entertaining. You could do a lot of production values in it and kind of keep it like um, isolated per episode or build over the one grand scheme throughout episodes. Yeah. That would maybe make some of the things we kind of like gripe about with the second movie and some parts in the first um, and kind of condense it, you know? It could work s- like a six episode thing, you know? A six episode, like almost a mini series. Yeah, because you think of like something like Daredevil, you know, where the show, like each season's kind of underlying this overlying this one like arc but like yes. each episode has like something building to that yeah you do that with that's with a season like a national treasure for something that would be really cool and the fact that she's a female lead 
Um, and she's um, wanting to discover a family name. I mean, that gives me Uncharted vibes again. Like, it's so hard to not compare National Treasure to Uncharted. But, mm. I mean, it's kind of like that. Yeah. I and then miss- you could have, like, a Nick Cage cameo. That would break, like, that would break everybody. That'd be cool. Or CGI Nick Cage. Kind of like how they did <laughs> The Mandalorian with uh, yeah. Mark Hamill. Yeah. Make Where do you stand younger. on that? Where do you stand on the Luke entrance um, in Mandalorian 2? It's it's uh, tear inducing. It's it's beautiful. I adore it. Mm-hmm. That's the same. I, I I think it's like super awesome, but also it felt like a weird slight to like the Mark Hamill Last Jedi Luke. Like it was taking a dig at it. Yeah, I think that. Yeah, I think that's the point. And again, I think we've talked about the sequels. <laughs> I think that was kind of like, hey guys, this is Luke Skywalker that you know, know and love. And it kind of tried to uh, put that at the forefront of everyone's minds as opposed to hermit Luke Skywalker uh, <laughs> that we see in Last Jedi. And because even in Rise of Skywalker, they tried to right the wrongs of Last Jedi when he's like, this this is the weapon of a Jedi or whatever he says when he like catches, he forces the oh, lightsaber back into his yeah. hands, literally just directly trying to retcon when he throws it. So <laughs> <laughs> I love talking these things with like the not super angry pop culture nerd that's on twitter you know on facebook all the time because those are unreasonable people to talk to but it's always fun talking with you and getting these perspectives because i can see both sides to it you know yeah yeah like i don't get mad at people that like love the sequels because i I don't care like it's your opinion you know Mm -hmm. i don't get where this hatred comes from of attacking other people on social media because of their opinions on a movie right we should start making a trend on twitter where we gonna go back into like the 2000s and like bring up 2000s Disney properties and be like, you forgot everyone on film Twitter, how good these products were. National Treasure 1 and 2, Pirates of the Caribbean 1, th- one and 2. Um, I'm trying to think of other. And Bridge- 3, honestly. Chronicles of Narnia, Bridges yes. of Terabithia. Um, I'm trying to think of other ones off the dome right now. Uh, but you know, they were doing a lot of cool different live action things that we don't get anymore from disney dude absolutely have you done an episode on prince caspian because i would love to do that i the have second it, narnia but i saw that movie in theaters i, <laughs> I actually enjoyed that yeah i enjoyed it as well it had, yeah that movie is, is uh peter dinklage is in it the <laughs> game of thrones at the beginning uh, i mean the gut the gut-wrenching scene where they like charge the castle or whatever mm-hmm. and like they have to close the gate like that movie that movie is actually fairly epic for yeah. like I, we don't get stuff like that ever like a high budget epic like kids family movie with like battle sequences like lord of the rings and stuff mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah i always call the the line the witch the wardrobe it's lord of the rings light with a christian allegory aspect to yes it. but that's yep. because of the source material no yeah um, c.s lewis yeah okay dude yeah you've booked yourself again <laughs> i'm very but we're not doing the voyage of the john trender though we can't that movie that. does not exist to me i was 12 or something when i watched it and it was awful yeah, yeah. But it also was oddly dark too, you know? Like mm-hmm. in the the uh Prince Caspian was dark because like they come back and like everyone's dead basically. <laughs> Prince Caspian, so dark. The one scene with um the like witch lady, mm-hmm. that freaked me out when I was a kid. So Yeah. It was kind a of like death. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a dark movie. I li- I like that. And Again, yeah, I mean, I, I, I criticize Disney a lot of times, but like, I mean, in the 2000s and the 90s. And oh my gosh, stuff, I just thought of spot, a few man. more. Yeah, like uh, this was like I was in fifth grade, fourth and fifth grade, but I saw Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time yeah. with Jake Gyllenhaal. 
I, I loved the movie as a kid. And then I saw uh, The Sorcerer's Apprentice with Nicolas Cage, Jay yeah. Baruchel, and Alfred mm-hmm. Molina, surprisingly, is the villain in that movie, I think. Ooh. Like, that's got a great cast for a movie that's kind of a live-action take on Fantasia. That was like, Disney knew what they were doing in that time period, I think. I didn't love Tron. I need to rewatch it, the Tron Legacy movie. Um, but that was also Disney. They were making a lot of... I mean, don't forget, dude. They were also doing things like Holds as well with Shia LaBeouf. They were doing oh, like Holes the rookie, is a classic. The rookie, like Lizzie McGuire movie. That was remember really the good. Titans. That's the one. That's the one, right? There. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was gonna say the Shaggy Dog was the one. Miracle. A miracle. Yeah, miracle. They've made some great movies in the two thousands. Okay, two thousand and three. This is a guilty pleasure. George of the Jungle two. Okay, Brendan Fraser. That one. Yeah, I, I, it's really jazz. And then it kind of goes downhill with bedtime stories with uh, Adam Sandler. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I will say Sky High is like, yeah, that's just fantastic. Debatably one of the most overlooked comic book movies. Well, it's not a comic book movie. No, yeah. Superhero. superhero movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But totally. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that's like a sweet spot for me with this. It's very nostalgic. You get odd live action actors like tim allen is in a few of these live action disney movies and it's like yeah guy with a criminal record you know <laughs> like that's awesome <laughs> um it's like we're gonna get wesley slight snipes in a new live action disney movie or martha stewart you know it just feels, <laughs> it's cool but it's also like the kids won't know <laughs> oh man but yeah dude like i, I like i said if i want to talk about disney stuff i want to have a good conversation and like in its productive it's like you're my go-to guy i mean not to categorize you because i know you <laughs> you did your you you're fresh off the boat with your uh you know your movie your movie history challenge you did 101 movies your movie yeah history? i did a hundred i did a hundred movies that was in the year that was 2020 i guess almost 2022 mm-hmm. now but i watched um i didn't watch as many new releases this year of like mm-hmm. I watched more new releases from 2021 this year to review didn't watch as many older movies but i'm gonna get back into that next year yeah. I mean, I was following you on Letterboxd, man. And sometimes I even read your reviews to, if I want to revisit movies to get a different perspective, yeah. um, because like, even though you watch a lot of classic movies, like sometimes, you know, you got to rewatch them, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. And like, I would thought that was really cool. Um, I see what you're doing right now with your pro with the YouTube channel. I love the live, the live streams. I think those are really fun. Um, thank you. Yeah. Thank I know you. it's, I know like, you, you know, have different collaborators on there. I like to tune in a few times. I've watched the videos with you and your girlfriend, really entertaining stuff, man. And I see thank you sometimes you. on my for you page with my, with the TikToks. <laughs> I, thank you. Yeah. You're like what, like, I, I always like tell my friends because we're a little bit older, but we're like, you know, I, I, I'm the one that tells them about film TikTok and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, there's some people with like weird takes, like they're younger than us with weird takes. It's like everyone is hyped for the Batman. And I'm thinking the Batman might be homework for me at this point. Wow. Wow. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm, I'm over the moon for that movie. <laughs> I will say this, dude, what No Way Home kind of gets right is it shows the different creative takes of Spider-Man. And they're yeah. all different Spider-Man movies. But since The Dark Knight, everything, the Batman is all sad post 9-11 broodiness. And it's like, I kind of miss Detective, you know, Batman. I miss Michael Keaton in a way. I miss even sometimes the goofiness that is Batman forever. Batman and Robin, I don't miss. But like, I miss at least fresh, different takes to Batman, not just super depressing super angsty um ben affleck's a rare occasion because he feels more of like a bruce wayne than a batman through Mm -hmm. most of that 
Um, which kind of, I kind of, I'm bummed out. But again, I'm I'm judging a movie before it even comes out, so I feel weird in doing that. No, yeah, I think that it's gonna have a similar tone to the Dark Knight trilogy, like the like the 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 gro the grotesque kind of like reality of it all. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's dark. The color grading is gonna be dark. It's gonna make you feel <laughs> bad after you watch it. Right. But I hope that it's badass at the same time. Um, DC, um, they they can't stay winning in my opinion because Marvel will always one up them. Like for example, the Batman comes out in March and then Multiverse of Madness comes out in May, and it's just like I guarantee you that the Batman. I was talking about this earlier. It's gonna be great, I think. But by the end of the year, everyone's gonna be talking about the Marvel projects. That's how it always is. And it's the same Raimi work. We don't we haven't seen him do things in such a long time. Oh yeah, that Danny Elfman's composing it. I mean, there's speculation that freaking X-Men could be brought in. Like, it's mm-hmm. going to be crazy. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, that, and that's just like one aspect of Disney now. Like, they just put out Encanto, which I still haven't seen yet. You know, granted, I still will be seeing it. But then they have like these like light year coming out. Like we talked about earlier in their comic book stuff. And then they and then you think about like the Bad Batch that recently came out in their show, the Ben Kenobi TV show and Ahsoka. Like, yeah, there's so many things out coming like that are going to be coming out. It's insane. They're really, really hammering in on nostalgia. If you look at their upcoming movies, they have Disenchanted, which is like a sequel yeah. to the Enchanted, Enchanted movie. Yeah. A new Hocus Pocus, a cheaper by the dozen reboot. Like they're doing a ton of things that are relying on nostalgia. Yeah. And I think that's smart for them. You know, they mm. spent so much money on this stuff. Um, and it's kind of dangerous to do original IP works right now. You know, what's safe? Getting people and getting money flowing with like nostalgia. Like I, people say nostalgia is a bad trip, but like it sells and it's entertaining. Yeah. Um, no Way Home proved it's a successful formula from time to time. Oh, yeah. Um, and then they'll probably do original IP works after that. Um, and we'll see how that kind of works out. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, Spidey's guaranteed to make them pretty much a billion dollars running around the world. So. They're going to keep making a, those movies. I'm waiting for a Lego Spider-Man movie. Like we got Lego Batman. That would be awesome. Oh, <laughs> Dave. I think phenomenal, actually. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. But hey, man, do you have like anything, Chris, like anything else you want to say about like National Treasure or like anything Disney related? Because like we don't really talk about, I mean, the last, I think, Disney thing we really talked about was like Beverly Hills Chihuahua 2. Wow, that's uh, I never even saw the first Beverly Hills Chihuahua. <laughs> um, I would movies, say, man. yeah, I, I would say National Treasure one is one of my favorite movies of all time, literally, probably top 25. Mm-hmm. If I had to narrow it down, the second one I remember seeing in theaters, it's a blast. It's not as good as the first, but it makes for a pretty solid double feature. And yeah. um, I hope we get more films in the franchise with Nick Cage and everyone coming back. It's, I want Diane Kruger, Justin Bartha. And Nick Cage, the, all three of them need to come back um, because I think that there's a lot of story left to tell. And with modern technology, they could do something pretty crazy with it. Um, I think there's a, a very big group of people that would go support the movie. It might be like a Disney Plus original, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm here for it. And um, I've been tweeting. I've been saying it for years. Release National Treasure 3, please. Yeah, it's one of those things that should be easier to put out by now. It should have been. I thought it was going to come out in like 2011. I honestly mm. thought four or five years it will come out. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm agreeing. It's like I said, I was late to the party with National Treasure. And when people said it was like certified gold movies and I didn't believe it. And then I watched them for the first time and I'm like, holy crap. I was like, I was like, why didn't I watch these as a kid? I would nah, have yeah. had such better childhood because of it. 
<laughs> Fair. Yeah. But hey, man, I am so happy I had you on here to talk about this stuff. It, it really does mean a lot. It's a lot of fun just talking about movies with you and let alone like current movies because in this, you know, in this podcast, we talk about a lot of older movies or like um, things I didn't even know about that existed. But it's nice to kind of like talk about a sequel that's like very well regarded and then like also tie in a bunch of things that are relevant for today's movies. Uh, I want to thank you a lot, Chris, for closing out this month for me. Um, it's been, it was a really good time. I, I mean, I don't know how else I would have closed the year with podcasting if we didn't have <laughs> you on, honestly. Um, so I'm glad we could have got you on here. Absolutely, dude. Thanks for having me. I know we'd been trying to make this out, make this National Treasure 2 thing happen for like months now. I'm glad we finally got to do it. Um, I'm down to come back for not only Disney, but any sequel. Yes. And um, it, it was a blast. I always love uh, getting together, chatting, shooting the shit. You know, it's fun. There you go. That, that's <laughs> how, that's the vibes I want going into 2022. <laughs> and uh, congrats to you, man, for graduating. That's awesome. And I'm excited you, to yeah. see what, what I, with more time, dude. I hope I can't wait to see what you're going to be doing on the YouTube channel. Thank you, dude. Um, that really does mean a lot. Yeah. And uh, for anybody who doesn't know Chris, like he was an early supporter of mine and like now he's even bigger than me and I just can't be happier. Like, I think that's really cool when creatives kind of put themselves out there and they just blow up. Chris is one of those, you know, you took the time and the end of effort on there. Like what can happen to you? So I cut out for a second. So I didn't hear what you said. <laughs> oh, I was going to, I was just saying for people who didn't know, like you were one of my early supporters when I was doing the bummy YouTube channel and the oh, podcast yeah. Yeah. and like you got the courage, you know, you put the time and the effort in and like, look at you now the the YouTube channel is great. You're doing awesome things. You got a great following. Um, so yeah, like, you know, let that be a, a message to everyone going to 2022. Like you put in the work, you have a passion, just go after it. You're going to look, you're going to look good. I mean, Go Chris is bigger it. than me now. Like I'm Go happy. Like I, I should be his guest. If anything, he should be a guest on my thing. I, uh, <laughs> I remember when we did the, uh, two thousands, I think we had hidden gems of the 20 two thousands, I believe. And I talked about national treasure in that video. Yep. I do remember that. That was yeah. kind of like the thing I was like, I always kind of catch like national treasure. Should I yeah. still watch that? I was like, yeah. that was like, not even before sequels. Like, should I even watch those movies? <laughs> <laughs> we talked, we've had some good conversations before. I'm, I'm excited oh, to do, yeah. do more of these. Hopefully it's it's crazy that the, the list of movies we talked about were very more respectful to like movies in general versus <laughs> yeah. what, when I went on Nathan Jones, YouTube channel to talk about two thousands, like my top five, two thousand movies. And I kind of, kind of like slandered the Cohen brothers in some <laughs> Oh man. Um, but yeah, it's crazy what like sex, drugs, and alcohol can do to someone like me. So <laughs> oh man. Oh, I'm kidding. But hey Chris, dude, I'm so happy to have you on here. And people who already don't know, where can people find you at, man? Yeah, you can find me on YouTube. Uh Filmstock is the channel name. You can subscribe. I do movie reviews, a bunch of different rankings, Marvel, Star Wars content, all that stuff. TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, letterboxed, filmstocked across the board. I do movie reviews on Letterboxd and log everything I watch. It's one of the best apps. I love that app. Um, but that's, yeah, that's where you can find me. Yeah, the, the links are going to be there. Definitely follow him. Really good ideas. Very grounded. Very cool. Um, if you haven't followed our channel, it's Inside the Sequel. Follow us at InsideTheSequel.com. You can follow us on Twitter at SequelPod. Email the show at SequelPod at gmail.com as well for like opinions and like recommendations. Uh, if you want to follow me, that's at Hurtastic underscore Chris on Twitter as well. Uh, but this has been our last episode for the year of 2021. It was a crazy ass year. We had some great memories uh, and I'm excited for 2022. I don't know what it holds. I think Blue Crush 2 is on the horizon. So brace <laughs> yourselves for that. But other than that, man, um, Chris, thanks again for being on here. And I just want to leave people with this in 2021. If you aren't rewatching and standing these National Treasure movies, do you really care about cinema? 
other than that, we'll see you next time.